What's up, monsters? Welcome back to the Wake the Monster podcast. So, last two episodes have been a lot about violence, self-defense, women's self-defense, protecting yourself, things like that. And I figured, you know, let's just make it universal and finish off the week talking about some more violence. When people think about violence, when people think about you know, fighting, martial arts, for sport or for real world, who do you picture? Who do you, who do you think of as being capable of violence? Or who do you think of that would participate in violence? I think most of us in society are going to think of men. I think most of us in society are going to think of a capable image of a man, somebody strong, somebody big, somebody like the movies portray, you know, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Rocky Balboa, Terminator, Rambo, Commando, Predator. Like, we're always picturing violence as it's portrayed. That's the way society views violence. Society views the people who are capable of violence. You know, and so if that's the way we look at it, then the inverse would be true as well. So who do you think is not capable of violence? Or who do you think is not good at violence or capable of attacking another individual, right? Not just competent to defend themselves, but who is capable of attacking somebody else in a negative way, right? Going after somebody, robbing somebody, mugging somebody, murdering somebody. So if we think of who's not capable of that, who's the image in your head? A mother, a child, a grandma, mostly women, right? And that's all social conditioning. Now, throughout history, it's also been associated with our roles. I heard, I heard this stat when I was reading a book I forget the name of the book, but it was really, really interesting. And it was the fact that women are much more capable of differentiating fine differences in, in colors, right? And, you know, so like two different shades of red, a woman is going to have an easier time being able to tell the difference between those two shades than a man. And the author's argument for that is humans are hunter-gatherers, but within that, the roles of men were the hunters, and the roles of fem female or women were primarily the gatherers. So the women had to adapt to be able to tell which berries would kill you and which berries were good to eat, which leaves would poison you, which leaves were good to eat, right? Which plants were okay, which plants were bad. And a lot of that is done by the shade of the plant, the color of the, of the fruit. So because women were the gatherers, the one collecting the vegetables, and the men were the hunters, the one going out and, and killing the beasts and bringing them home, the whole way we developed is based around those roles. And those influences still exist in, t in today in the way we operate, in the way we appear, our interests, it all is still relative to what we are today in our primary categories. 
So women were able to tell the difference in, in, in fruits because they can, it was their role coming up. Now, men are not good at it because our role was go kill the big thing that is very dangerous, you know? And with that came the strengths that we needed to have. And it wasn't different style colors. It was muscular build. It was strength, speed, capability of violence, bone density, you know, the testosterone that is in our body from before we're born is developing all of those aspects of us. You know, society kind of forms around what we are. There's a chicken and egg kind of argument right now in there of a society forming what we believe we're supposed to be or a society formed around what our primary roles are. And, you know, I think there's a, a give and take in that argument. The point is, who has a better understanding of violence? So based off what I laid out for you just there, who do you think has a better understanding of violence? Do you think it's the men who are more predetermined to be capable of violence? Or do you think it's the women who are more predetermined to be less capable of violence? And I think it's a really interesting question because you got to think about what violence really is. You know, in the last couple of podcasts, we've been talking about violence, really, there's a spectrum of violence. It's not just punching and kicking and that it's that simple. You know, there are so many different aspects of it. There's reputation protection. There's situational awareness. There's do you know the laws of your area? Do you know your opponent? Do you know what your opponent has? Do you know what your opponent is carrying? Do you know what you have, what you're carrying, how to utilize those things as weapons, as defense items if needed? <clears throat> All of those different things play into what violence really is. And I think there's a really good argument to be made that women have a much better understanding of what violence really is than men do. So that may be counterintuitive to say because you think of, well, if men are capable of it, if men are predisposed to be better at it, then they should have a better understanding of it. We're also predisposed to enjoy action movies. We're also predisposed to rather go watch the UFC every weekend. We're generally the ones who are playing the more contact sports growing up where, you know, violent collisions occur in football and hockey. Um, you know, the aggression of all sports, of basketball, and, you know, baseball and that kind of thing. All of those aggressive traits that apply to violence are very inherent in men not so much in women. Right? Women are still competitive, they're still playing sports, and they're still fantastic at it. But the the aggression and and violence correlation of sports is not the same, right? So why are women more aware of what violence actually is? And it's because of the fact that they will spend more time walking around in society worried about violence occurring to them than a man will. If I walk down the street, I can within reason assume that I'm not going to be looked at as a target, right? I'm, I'm right around six feet tall. I'm 190 pounds. I look relatively healthy and fit. I don't stare at my phone and keep my head down. I'm up. My eyes are up. I'm looking around and paying attention to what's going on around me. 
you know, my the 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 way I dress tends to um, you know amplify some of, some of my physical features. I'm not saying I'm you know a Greek god or anything. By no means am I that, but I do appear to be fit and capable just visually, right? Whether I am or not is irrelevant in that situation because if somebody's looking for a target. I am less likely to be the individual that they are going to select as a target. Now, that being said, everybody, regardless of what you look like, should always be paying attention to their surroundings, should always be taking mitigating uh, actions to make sure that they don't become a, a target of opportunity, right? But women generally don't have that. Women generally can't present themselves in the same way. They can't present themselves as physically imposing to a target. Most. Now, there are always exceptions to every rule that has ever existed. You know, you play law of averages. Women generally cannot walk down the street and intimidate people from a from a physical violence perspective, right? They can be intimidating in other ways, but if it's, am I afraid of this person being able to physically harm me? Generally, women can't be that person, right? They're going to be the people who are going to be approached more often. They're going to be the people who are going to be looked at as targets, right? They, they're going to be the ones who are mugged for their purse, for their phone. All that kind of stuff is more real to women than it is to men. It's more of a worry to women than it is to men. So when you take that into account, you realize women think about violence in a different way than men, and they probably think about it more often than men in a realistic sense. Because think about this. If you're a man and you get into a violent encounter, somebody attacks you, it's not going to be like the movie. It's not going to be this climactic, two people see each other from across the room and they decide that they are going to battle for their reputation and battle for their their dignity and their integrity it's it's that is not how it's going to happen right if you're going to get into a violent encounter you are most likely going to be attacked without knowing that a fight is starting so you're automatically starting from behind but most most men don't look at it that way most men think yeah if i get into a fight i'll be able to take care of myself but that's assuming that there's a fair beginning to the fight. And that's not how violence generally occurs. That's not how muggings happen. That's not how people being attacked happens. People who are looking for targets of opportunity are not looking for somebody that is willing to engage in a fight with them. They're looking for the people who are not willing to engage in fights because those are prime targets. So even if you're the most capable person in the world, right? You could be an MMA champ of every organization. You could be the top self-defense instructor in the world. You could be first in every combatives that has ever existed for military. You could be carrying every weapon and, you know, that, that is legal in whatever area you're in. And you're still at a disadvantage at the beginning of a violent interaction because of the fact that you don't decide when it happens. You're not proactive there, you're reactive. You're proactive in the way you've prepared, but you're reactive in the fact that, hey, this thing is occurring right now, 
And I didn't know, the other person knew it because they started it. I didn't know this was happening. You know what I mean? That's normally how violence occurs. And you can look at U.S. martial statistics, you can look at FBI statistics, self-defense statistics, CDC reviews on self-defense with firearms. Like that, That's how these things happen. They, they're spontaneous, they're sporadic, they're, they're generally a surprise. But men don't view, they don't imagine them defending themselves that way. They imagine themselves victorious. They imagine themselves as a conqueror. They imagine themselves like the action heroes in the movies. Right? They, they think, you know, no matter what, I'll be able to get the upper hand because I'm stronger. Because I can bench 405 and I can run a mile in X, you know, or because every day I wake up and I do 20 rounds on the bag, and then every night I spar with people that are two weight classes above me, so I'm very capable of violence, so I know what's going to happen if I get into a fight, right? And those are all good things. Those are all important things of being able to protect yourself. You should be training on a regular basis. You should be in the gym lifting the weights, getting your miles in, getting on the bag, learning how to punch and kick, learning how to grapple, learning a few takedowns, learning how to defend yourself from getting taken down. But they don't account for the surprise. And that's the thing with preparing for anything, preparing for things like this. You can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare. That's awesome. But if you don't know when the gun goes off to start the race, then you are automatically going to be behind if everybody else in the race does. And men don't think about violence that way. We're not programmed to. We're not trained to. Everything in society tells men that a fight is going to be one-on-one, or even if it's two-on-one, three-on-one, four, whatever it is, five people come up to fight you, it's going to be just like Jackie Chan in the movies, and you're going to be able to take all of them. That's not how this happens. So that's why I say that women have a more realistic understanding of violence than men do because women generally when they think of violence right they may be able to they may train they may be jujitsu black belts could be amanda nunez or juliana pena out there you know ufc champs ufc female goats but there's still going to be times when they imagine violence outside of the cage, outside of the training room. They're still not the biggest people walking down the street. A 160-pound woman, I mean, that's, that's a, a large woman and a large in-shape woman. That's fine. But that's still 30 pounds below what I am, right? And, and I'm not a large man. So even the best of women... Are still at a disadvantage physically in the majority of violent interactions. So what's going to happen, right? They have to think about this more realistically. They are, women are more aware of the limiting factors of violence to them. Very few men can understand the concept of violence through a woman's perspective. Because they don't think about, how am I going to win this fight? 
Men think about fighting. Men think about violence. They think about how am I going to win this fight? But women don't. Women think about how am I going to survive this? How am I going to get through this and be able to get home to my family? What am I going to do or say to make the attacker stop? Not how am I going to beat the attacker? What am I going to do or say to make the attacker stop? You see, like, there's a very clear difference in the mindset there. On one hand, men, we're going to be victorious. We're going to win. We're going to beat them down. We're going to hold until the cops get there. And we're going to be a hero. We're going to be in the paper. We're going to get medals. That's not how women view violence. They view it in the real way. Men have to think about violence the way women think about violence. To think about it realistically. Men, you are not going to be the strongest person in the encounter. You have to make certain assumptions if you want to be capable of being victorious. You are not going to be the strongest person in the encounter. Even if you are bigger and you know this dude from the gym and you know you bench more than him and then he decides he's going to attack you, there's a very high chance that that person is on drugs that are going to change what they are capable of, what kind of pain tolerance they have. Right? I said this a couple podcasts ago where we were talking about you've all seen a video. I'm sure you can you can YouTube it and watch it right now where a cop shoots a a a guy with a, a you know a, a cop shoots a criminal with a 20,000 volt taser and the fool just keeps walking through because he's high on meth or bath salts, you know, or what whatever drug does that to people. They're so high that they don't feel that electric shock going through their body so it doesn't shut their body down those are the people that you're going to be getting mugged by those are the people that you're going to be getting attacked by right you have to make those certain assumptions if you want to be capable of surviving a violent interaction and women do that already women do that just on a base level they have to if they want to prepare to be victorious in a situation they are automatically going to assume that they are the weaker person in the interaction, that they are probably smaller, that they are probably less capable of certain things. They are probably not going to be able to pick their attacker up and drop their attacker on their head. If they try to grapple, it will probably go the other way. These are all things that when women think about violence, that's they're real, they're more realistic about it. That's how they see it. And men don't. So the reason that I get so adamant about these self-defense seminars and you know, specifically those women's self-defense seminars and how martial arts schools just use them as recruitment tools primarily is because it is so blatantly obvious when you watch the techniques that are taught to women. Now, you have some simple ones that are like wrist rolls and things like that, that, hey, if somebody grabs your wrist at the bar and wants to talk to you, but you, you want to create that space, boom, you can wrist roll and get yourself away. That kind of stuff works, right? A, a little boom, roll, little small half keto twist will get the, you know, the, the, the drunk dude at the bar who was trying to flirt with you but was just real oppressive about it. That'll work on them. But in that scenario, but what happens when you're leaving the bar and that drunk dude got shot down in front of his boys and now he's deciding that he's going to escalate this violent interaction 
out in the parking lot. Now those simple wrist locks, those simple, you know, two move escapes are not going to work the same because he's probably drunk. He's probably high on something. He's angry. He's pissed off. He's in a mental state that is just increasing all of those pain receptor blockers that are going to just be able to push him through whatever you're going to deliver as a woman, right? That that's that after the fact, right? So that situate that scenario right there where you roll your wrist out of somebody's wrist grab at the bar so that you don't have to talk to them because they were being aggressive. That's reputation management in violence because that person's ego is hurt. If they're with their friends, you just embarrass them in front of their friends. And now that woman has to worry about walking to her car when she leaves or walking to her Uber or whatever when she leaves because she doesn't know if that dude is going to be waiting out there for her because she offended him in his mind, right? So when we're talking about violence, that that full spectrum is something that women just have such a, a better understanding of than men. It's it's not even close. It's not we're not even in the same stadiums on the concept of violence because women understand it on an extremely intimate level. And men predominantly view it as an action movie. You know, we are not gonna be the hero who is ready who will walk across and just face our enemy one-on-one. -on -one. That's not how this stuff happens. Women get that, men do not. You know, and the whole reason for bringing this up is because as a husband, as a father, you know, I stay focused on preparing myself as much as possible for the moment where I have to defend my wife, my daughter, myself, my family, my home, our property, right? I'm very focused on preparing myself for that. But I also have to have the realistic perspective that I am not always there. And right now I'm recording this podcast. My wife and daughter are not home. They're at dance class. So if something happens, it's up to them to respond. You know, and we practice, we rehearse, we train, we drill. We talk about scenarios. My wife is a martial artist her whole life. She's a black belt too, but it's still different because the chances of me being targeted, walking out of there at eight o'clock at night are a lot less than my wife being targeted with things in her hand and with a child next to her. That's just reality. So it's important that we don't just prepare ourselves. So it's important that as men, especially those fathers and those husbands out there that are watching this, to ask women what their perception of violence is. Like, hey, if you were to get into a fight, right? how do you think the fight would happen? Go, ahead, go, go ask your girlfriend, your wife, your daughter, your mom, your aunt, grandma, son, whoever. Go ask females. If you were to get into a fight, if a violent interaction were about to occur, you tell me how you think it would happen. And I bet you'll come back and say, you know what? They don't expect 
that they're going to be the strongest. They don't expect they're going to be best. A lot now. A lot of women are capable. I've said this a thousand times. A lot of women are capable. A lot of women train on a regular basis. But again, when it comes to those surprise scenarios, they are probably not going to be the larger, more imposing figure. If you're attacked, it's because somebody saw an opportunity in you, a weakness, a perceived weakness at least. You know, and unfortunately for women, a lot of times the weakness perceived is that they're a woman. They know that. Women are aware of that. Society has made them aware of that. That is a very realistic expectation in violence. Right, men, we don't have to deal with that. We don't have to deal with the perception of being a woman, and that's the reason we're attacked. No, we get attacked because we're not paying attention to our surroundings or because we are a guy who looks like he's smaller or a little more frail. That's another thing. So women have the most realistic expectation of violence, but then the next would be the men who are not as capable right now. No, they get it too. Not as much as women, but they get it too. Those who were picked on growing up through school and haven't figured out their way out of that image yet. They get it. Right? But the the capable men, or the men who appear capable, or you know, the men with the big egos who aren't really capable, but they at least go to the gym a lot or whatever their perception of violence is not real and that's a major risk to us when it does occur because the surprise initiation of violence takes away so much of your capabilities you know if i get attacked and i get taken down a certain way there's a chance i won't be able to access my firearm right or you know maybe for some reason, I was messing around with my pockets, and now my everyday carry items are out of order. And so when I get attacked, I go to reach for whichever weapon I, I want to use in that moment, and it's in the wrong pocket. You know, I, those are all those things that you're preparing, but there are so many external factors that you won't know if you were capable of it until it happens. We need to think about violence the way women think about violence. We need to think about violence. We need to be confident that we are capable, right? There's a dichotomy to everything. We need to be confident that we are capable, but we need to prepare as if we're not. We need to continuously be preparing. We need to continuously be thinking about this through the lens of a woman because they get it. We need to think we are not going to be the strongest person in this fight. We need to think the other person is more capable. The other person is going to be stronger, faster, bigger than I am. We need to prepare for that person. And then hopefully we're wrong when the scenario occurs. But we need to prepare through the viewpoint of women when they look at violence. It'll be a much more realistic approach. It doesn't just stop at, at violence actually occurring either. We need to think about situational awareness through the eyes of a woman. Right? They're much more aware of their surroundings. They're much more in tune to the guy who's given off a creepy vibe. You know, Women get that a lot easier than men. 
So we need to think about the whole concept, the way they think about that concept, right? A weird vibe is a weird vibe. Might be worth it to just avoid that individual. Walk on the other side of the street or keep your eye on them. You know, let them go to their car, let them go away before you walk out of the store or close your business and, and walk to your car at the parking lot at night because you're putting in all that work. You know, w- women just get it better than us. Well, 100%. They just get it better. They understand. And there's a lot for us to learn from the way they see it. There's a lot that we can improve about preparing for violence through the way that they see it. We can teach techniques better because of the way that they see it. But you got to be willing to, to take that information in. You gotta, that's, a, that's an ego check. The what if question that I talked about in the last podcast as a martial arts instructor, the what if you need to live in the what if because what if is what real violence is. Well, women think about what if all the time. What if it doesn't work? That's what they think about all the time. What if it doesn't work? So we have to we have to see it that way so that we can move to the next thing and move to the next thing and continue to solve these problems. Make society a little bit safer. Make individuals a little more capable. Make crimes of opportunity less possible. And a a great way to do that is to look at violence the way women see violence. So like I said, I wanted to finish up this week. I figured the first two podcasts were about women's self-defense, picking a martial arts school, concept of violence, that kind of stuff. So I figured I'd just finish the week with a topic about violence. I hope you enjoyed. If you like it, leave a review, leave a comment down below. Let me know if there's something you want to see us talk about or see me talk about on here. You know, and, and test my theory. All right, test my theory. Go find the women in your life and ask them how they think about violence, how they think about, hey, if you get jumped, what's going to happen? If you get mugged, what's going to happen? Tell me what you, when you worry about that or when you picture that, imagine that. Ask the women. How do you imagine that actually occurring in your life? I'm willing to bet I'm right. Been thinking about this topic for for many, many, many years. And experiencing the classes and everything else and the feedback. I bet I'm right. Feel free to test it. Come back and let me know. All right. Hit me up on Instagram at Wake the Monster or on Twitter at Wake the Monster One. Appreciate y'all stopping by. Go wake your monster. Peace.